0: Welcome to Liberal Lockdown. I'm Louise McElhinney
1: and I'm Adam Kirby and we've been hosting a series of podcasts all about pandemic life in Woking. In this episode we'll be looking at how conflict can be resolved at a time when tension can be high.
0: Yes, as discussed in previous episodes, lockdown has been a difficult time for all of us. Whilst there may have been many positives to spending more time near a home and in our local communities, it has been a momentous change. I imagine that everyone being forced together for such a prolonged period of time has caused some issues.
1: I guess this week we'll be able to throw some light onto this.
0: He is the author of two books on digital business, a technologist and a fellow of the Royal Society of Arts is a volunteer mediator, runs a consultancy business and is studying for a social psychology degree and to top it all off is a Liberal Democrat campaigner and candidate.
1: Plus he can help solve your arguments with neighbours, more on this shortly but first welcome to Liberal Lockdown to Dale Roberts. Hello and
2: thank you Louise, thank you Adam for having me on.
0: Hello Dale, before we move on let me ask the obvious question, what exactly is mediation?
2: So the short answer is that it's a structured way of resolving a dispute with help from an impartial third party, somebody like me, a mediator.
0: And can it help with noisy or difficult neighbours?
2: Actually, there there are many forms of mediation. Wherever there might be a conflict, mediation is a constructive alternative to battling it out in a courtroom. So. Commercial mediation resolves disputes between companies, workplace mediation resolves disputes between employees, and community mediation resolves disputes between neighbours. So, yes.
0: And one of the advantages of people being a, being home a bit more has been a positive increase in community, but has this also caused more friction between neighbours, do you think?
2: It's certainly what I'm seeing. We're asking much more of our homes, aren't we? And therefore, mm we're asking more of those in our community. It's Our homes have been a place for homeschooling, it's become a workplace for many, and there are lots of positives to spending all of that extra time at home and in the community, but there are inevitably going to be conflicts between what we need, perhaps some peace and quiet for a Zoom conference call, and what someone else might need, perhaps that some space and time for their children to
1: let off steam. Mm. Well, I want to ask about real solutions for noisy neighbours later in the interview. But first, it's probably a good idea to go over the basic principles. So, Dale, in layperson's terms, what are the broad principles of mediation? Actually, Adam, I have a story to
2: illustrate this. It's, it's not a personal story. It's from somebody called Mary Parker Follett. She's an American social worker, and she described a dispute that occurred in a library. So presumably a very quiet dispute in a library. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, lots of shushing. So two men were arguing about opening a window, perhaps through gritted teeth. One wanted it open, the other one wanted it closed. So they argued for some time over this, half open, quarter open, three quarters closed, but they couldn't find a solution. So the librarian intervened and asked why the first man wanted it open. He wanted more air in the room. She asked the second man why he wanted it closed, why he didn't want a draft. So what she did was walked into the next room, an adjoining room, opened a window. The first man got more air. The second man didn't get a draft. Now, there isn't an elegant solution in every dispute like that, but the story illustrates that the men had what mediators call positions they'd attached themselves to this single solution and they couldn't find a common single solution. The librarian instead tried to understand what their needs were.
0: Ah, so it's a good it, this. It's a good story. How does it relate to neighbours?
2: G- good question. If we, if we take um, a sort of typical example, a dog barking during the daytime, let's say, um, perhaps the neighbour with the dog is at work all day. The neighbour next door maybe has uh, a young family, and maybe their daytime sleeps and naps are being disturbed. Mm-hmm. So the neighbour with the child might take the position that the dog needs to go. By that I mean, the dog needs to be sold. Uh, the neighbour with the dog will naturally take the opposite position. So they both have a position, but they're, mm-hmm. they're not really reconcilable. However, maybe the neighbour with the dog wasn't aware that it was barking in the daytime, because she was away all day. Perhaps she has a relative nearby that might be able to take the dog for a walk once a day, and that might be enough to reduce the barking to a manageable level. Mm-hmm. So they, we can all understand those situations, can't we? They started with positions, but they found a resolution uh, by understanding each other's needs.
0: That's really interesting, Dale. Um, and we know that you do this professionally too. So what are the stages of successful mediation in both a professional or community example, and how do they differ?
2: It's really interesting, to me at least, uh, how much commercial mediation and community mediation has in common. I mean, you,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you, you know, they're essentially fund- you know, We tend to think, don't we, that in a professional situation, it'd be very cool, very unemotional very unattached but it but actually there's there's a lot of emotion in any form of dispute they all broadly follow uh, the same format as mediators we'll meet with each party individually so we have these private meetings it's an opportunity for for them to get things off their chest tell it how it is how they see it talk about the implications and we we keep those meetings for private and by that we mean we we don't talk about it outside of the process but we don't talk about that meeting to the other party either. We keep these very, very private. When we've had um, a couple of those actually, we usually aim for a joint meeting. so we get all the parties in a room, and we allow each of them to have some uninterrupted time to describe the situation as they see it, the impact that it's having on their lives, their business, um, their world. We allow a bit of time for clarification questions we don't let that we don't let it degenerate, degenerate into a sort of cross exam just just clarification then we flip the focus from thinking about the past the problems the issues the challenges to the future and encourage the parties to look for a constructive resolution and very often what we do is we lead that to some form of written agreement right and it doesn't really matter if it's it, what's really interesting, it doesn't really matter if it's clinical negligence or children playing in the street, a failed IT project or what we perceive as abusive behaviour from our neighbour. It doesn't matter if it's a dispute about an employee contract or a lifestyle clash. They get very emotionally. They follow us. They fo- and so they need to follow this sort of very similar process because fundamentally, it doesn't matter if we're directors in a company, employees or neighbours disputes are fundamentally human. So do
1: can you tell us what we can all do to avoid getting into disputes with our neighbours? Absolutely, Adam. First of all, build a relationship
2: with your neighbour. So we're all a little bit British, aren't we? And we expect our neighbours to keep their distance, respect our privacy. So it only really needs to be a sort of friendly acknowledgement when we're mowing the lawn, a casual inquiry when we're washing the car, a friendly exchange when handing over a parcel. But here's the kicker really, if your first ever interaction with your neighbour is about what you consider to be inconsiderate parking, then there's no relationship to work with.
0: I see, yeah. Mm. Uh, But what about when there is a problem?
2: My encouragement will be don't hesitate, raise it with your neighbour, pick a good time, But don't wait until the next time you bump into them, which we often feel inclined to do. Wait to see them on the front lawn. Don't let it fester. And when you do, do more listening than talking. We've got two ears, one mouth. Use them in proportion when you're having a conversation about what could be a potential dispute.
0: I've certainly said that to children on many occasions when I've been (laughs) mediating between them, so exactly
1: (laughs) we've all heard it or said it at some point yeah
0: Yeah. so how do people get in touch and um who if they if they need your help and, and they haven't managed to settle the dispute between themselves what do they do
2: well if they if they do feel that mediation will help feel that getting together with their neighbor in this constructive way will help then they should go to the Mediation Surrey website. It's mediationsurrey.org rather than just Google Mediation Surrey because there are two different websites and there are some resources there that that they might find helpful and there are Mediation Surrey contact details there too.
0: Brilliant And, and and I will put those in the show notes as well for anybody that wants to click on those. Do the principles of mediation apply more generally in everyday life?
2: I like that question, Louise. And, and I think so, yes, absolutely. Wherever there are people, there'll be disagreements. You want your daughter to tidy her bedroom. She doesn't see the real need. Your neighbour takes a more relaxed attitude to pruning a hedge, but it's overgrowing into your garden. Some people like pets, maybe lots of them. Enthusiastic children. Others like peace and quiet. And we all want what we want when we want it. And so, in a sense, disputes are inevitable. And so, the
1: principles of mediations really help us get through life. Yeah. It's really interesting because what you're talking about is prioritizing needs in a community, and that's local politics, isn't it? So, let me ask you how do you think that applies to local politics, in your opinion, Dale? Uh, also,
2: also a really interesting question. Medi- Mediation is basically about, you can tell, right? It's its its about asking questions, mm. listening, avoiding taking a position. Uh, and yet here we are at a time when politics, and to an extent, local politics, has grown ever more divisive. There's that um, great Tim Minchin, of all <laughs> of all people, that great Tim Minchin, the comedian quote, most of society's arguments are kept alive by a failure to acknowledge nuance. We try to argue one point using two entirely different sets of assumptions. It's like two tennis players trying to win a match by hitting beautifully executed shots from either end of entirely separate tennis courts.
0: <laughs> well, it's this, it, this two-party political system that we're, we're currently stuck within. Um, it's very much like that, isn't it? Two polar, op- polar opposite views that can never quite meet in the middle. That's where the liberal democrats come in. <laughs> Find a consensus. A really, the
1: umpire in this, in this, uh, Louise. But It makes <laughs> sense, doesn't it? Um, yeah. There's, there's, it's about, it's about confronting what seems like a disagreement, a tribalism, I suppose you can call it. And um, I, I think it's you've got to be uh, able to ask the difficult questions, though, because, like you said, Dale, if, if, um, I suppose this applies to politics. If you don't, if you don't realise you have a problem, or if you're not aware that you've got a barking dog, or if if that's a metaphor for something in politics, then then you need to you need to actually someone needs to tell you, don't they? Then you need to ask those difficult questions, but then you need to be brave enough to confront it as well. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we don't do naturally. You know, be brave
2: Be brave enough to confront um, a disagreement. Listen. Yeah. And try and understand somebody, you know, take somebody else's perspective. That's not quite the same as empathy. We're trying to put, literally, trying to put ourselves in somebody else's position. And then the the other thing that's interesting to me is, you know, politics today is very often about selling simple solutions to complex problems. Um, and mediation is about, very often, it's about going slow so that you can go fast and that's we don't see much of that in politics today in my view taking time out try and understand what the issue is we rush to a solution it doesn't really matter what it's about it can be about trans rights it can mm-hmm. be about uh um, it could be a europe right it can be, <laughs> yeah. we just there's yeah. a, there's, you know it's either one thing or the other it's either uh um you know take back control or or um or we mm. want to be part
1: of something bigger. You know, we take mm. positions. Yeah. Mm.
0: Rather and I suppose
2: it's to...
1: about prioritizing what you said there, is very interesting because um most people don't have time in politics to do it slowly. They they just simply don't spend much time on politics. And they prioritize finding politicians who will basically do a lot of that for them. That's what they want. But uh, we're at the time, I think what one thing's one of the themes we've covered uh through the lockdown. On this podcast is the idea that you have to prioritize different things. And the lockdown has shown and this year has shown that all more clearly. So is mediation uh, a sort of a solution to some of the lots of different product problems that we've um, that we've uncovered in this series so far? Maybe. <laughs> I um I, I like of course,
2: i uh, you know the that idea is appealing to me. I think mm. there's definitely something in that, it's it's a false it's a false perception of resolving something quickly if we don't take the time out to understand the issue. And so I, you know, it's, it's very appealing, isn't it? To say there is, there's this, it's the difference between a simple solution and a simplistic solution for me. Mm. It's very appealing for somebody to say, you know, this is it. And sometimes that's right. You know, this is the answer. Um, you know and it, but but in actual fact very often in most things in life um it's about cooperating it's about compromise about collaboration you know we don't mm. not not and and it and it and it forgets there's this interesting thing isn't there we we think about masks. um we you know we're being asked by um we're being asked to wear masks, right mm-hmm. we're not being asked to wear masks. To protect ourselves, we're being asked to wear masks to protect others, and so you know. And there's a there is a debate, albeit a small but very vocal minority, saying you know that infringes on my freedoms, which to me denies the basic human fact that we are social. We have a responsible responsibility to one another, um, and so mediation, in a sense sort of gets to the heart of that and says, well, it's, it's not about protecting the freedoms of one person or protecting the freedoms of another. It's a recognition that we're, we're social. And so there's a solution that may be a little more complex and it takes a little time. There may be a solution that helps those two individuals have a better relationship, be it
1: neighbours or colleagues or, 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 um, or, you know, a, a business partnership. So yeah. what you're saying is, in a world where everyone wants to have their cake and eat it, that you can grow the cake for them, and they can both have a bigger slice. Right. I mean,
2: that's I, I I love that. Yeah, it's it's the, well, there are two. I call it an abundance mindset. Right. There
1: are two different okay, views that makes sense. on this. You know, there's hmm. there's either maybe I'm hungry, Dale, but go on. Sorry. Yeah, it
2: might be that time of the <laughs> evening. You know, you can we can we can argue, can't we, about uh, who gets how much pizza? or how much pie or maybe you can work together and bake a bigger pie right and so you know the abundance mentality suggests that if we if we work together we can find a solution which creates more for everyone the scarcity mentality says well you know there's only so much pie and so I have to fight for my half and exactly my half um and and you, you know very little in life is is helped by having a scarcity mindset, I would argue.
0: Yeah, that's Uh, really interesting, isn't it? But it's only by listening um, to the ideas of everyone that the idea of more pie might even be floated and and heard. And so there's uh, all the people arguing over the pie, but without having really listened to the ideas and looked at the facts. I think it's really about facts, the facts of the matter, isn't it? It's coming down to the facts of the matter rather than just how everyone feels. It's like well what are the facts here and if you can decide what the facts are then you can base your decision on something a bit more sound than emotions
1: it makes yes. total sense yeah but but of course what i find interesting about this is it's uh it's a combination of being very very clear on the facts and listening to the experts um, as we all like to do uh, but also being very clear on human needs and different people's positions and people often put those two things at odds. Maybe it's actually about combining them both and understanding people's needs and also understanding the facts and just be, like you said, Dale, taking our time, but then getting to the actual solution quicker.
0: I, I think yeah, that's... Were, yeah. oh, sorry,
2: sorry Goodbye, Louise. Now. No, go on. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's absolutely right. You know, we, we assume, don't we, that um, if, we, if we sort of get into the fight quickly, we'll find a resolution quickly and mm. and which is why I love that expression you know let's let's um let's take it slow now so that we can reach a resolution faster spend mm. time on the right things
1: and what you said about the proportion of two ears one mouth yeah that's right
2: that's right mm. it is about it all starts with um listening and understanding but
0: and I think that's a great note to end on Well, please do think about Dale's practical tips if you have any neighbourly disputes. And if those don't work, the Mediation Surrey team can support you. Links to their website can be found in the show notes.
1: So has this episode helped or resonated with you? We'd love to hear your views on this or anything else for that matter. So please do get in touch.
0: And thank you, Dale, for joining us. We're both really hoping you'll be able to put your skills to good use as a counsellor in Woking, who can really bring people together more uh, after next spring's local elections.
2: Thank you, Louise.
1: Thank you, Adam. A really interesting conversation. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you to all of our listeners and thank you to Dale. So stay safe and until next time.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.